everybody. Welcome to PCA. Our God is awesome. Amen. Lord, you are my redeemer. I'm so thankful that you sought me out, Lord. He rescued you. He rescued me. I'm so grateful. I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He saw me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to 
to us, God. You are so, so good to us, God. Lord, we rejoice in you. We rejoice in your goodness. You are beautiful, Lord. You are beautiful and you're worthy of every bit of the glory and the honor and the praise. And I am just so grateful. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. Oh, my days. I've been found in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been 
Thank you that your arms are open wide and as we come close to you you run to us you are so good god you are so good god i've carried a burden for too long on my own i wasn't created to bear it alone I hear your invitation to let it all go I see it now I'm laying it down and I know that I need you I run to the Father I fall I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. prize for my heart I don't have a contest for that kind of love I don't understand I can't comprehend all I know is I need you I run to the Father I fall into grace I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again.
needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again. I run to the Father, I fall into grace, I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart found a surgeon, my soul found a friend, so I'll run to the before this world began you knew every one of us you have a good plan for us God and we can run to you and your arms are wide open because you are our heavenly daddy I love that we can jump into your arms and you'll just give us a big old hug you are so good to us God I thank you Lord I thank you Lord I thank you Holy Spirit I ask that you would just do a mighty work in us tonight that our hearts will just stay open to whatever you have for us, Lord. That we'll have an encounter with you, God, our Abba Father. I thank you, Lord, and I praise you. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. He's good, amen. You are so good, God. You are so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday. So I'm here to do the offering, and um, I did a dangerous thing before I did this. I thought about it a little bit, which if you know me, that's a little dangerous. Um, but I was thinking, and I was telling my wife this the other day, <clears throat> I was thinking about Doubting Thomas, and Doubting Thomas came to my mind because I'm kind of sad that everyone just calls him Doubting Thomas, that he just got labeled that forever. Um, you don't see, like, Peter getting called, like, denying Peter or anything like that. Doubting Thomas just gets a bad rep. And I was talking to my wife about doubt, and I told her um, the more I thought about it, the more I just thought, like, what a kind of human moment that is for Thomas. Um, here's a guy that knew Jesus in the flesh, walked with him every day and stuff, and he had to watch him go through just a horrific, terrible experience. And then right. uh, here he stands before him telling him that he's back. And, of course, Thomas just is it's having a moment. He's like, what am I, is this Jesus? Is this really Jesus? So he does what I think is one of the most human things in the Bible. And that's, he says, I want to touch you and make sure that you're Jesus. I want to make sure you're who I think you are. And Jesus doesn't, um, you know, criticize the doubt. He doesn't turn him away or anything. He says, here, come, come feel, come see. And uh, I was just telling my wife that because I thought what a powerful thing that is because um, sometimes doubt creeps up on you. And I don't necessarily just mean faith doubt. I mean just doubt in general. Doubt can be a real beast, a real animal. So um, mm -hmm. 
I was thinking about that, and I was like, man, um, I know how I would have reacted. Would I have been like Thomas? Would I have wanted to, like, touch you and be like, yes, this is actually Jesus? Um, and then I also felt bad for Thomas because he got labeled, like I said. Um, and in that same vein, with offering, uh, if I was a Bible hero, I wouldn't want to be called Stingy Stephen for <laughs> right. not giving That's good. my fair share. So um, I wouldn't want that label for eternity. Um, hopefully nobody gives Thomas trouble when we're up in heaven. He's like, they're like, hey, what's up, doubter? You know, hopefully they'll <laughs> leave him alone. But I don't want to be Stingy Stephen up there. So <laughs> I don't think any of you want to be either. Right. Um, so obviously give of your heart and have no doubt that God is going to use whatever you give Amen. to the fullest of his ability and will use it in ways you don't even know. Um, little amount, large amount, God, God can make mountains out of molehills. So Amen. if the ushers will come up, please, I will pray over this. God, I just, oh, by the way, before I pray, um, there's lots of ways you can give, by the way. You can obviously give here in person with a check or cash. Uh, we have a wonderful website. It makes it real easy to give. Uh, we do that all the time when I, we forget to bring a check or something. Just go on there and do it. You can text as well. And there's a kiosk in the back. All those options are great. Uh, no excuse not to be able to give. Definitely give of your heart. Okay, now let's go, Lord, in prayer. God, I just thank you for this day. And I just thank you for meeting us where we are, God, whether it be in a moment of weakness or a moment of strength, God. You, you know where we are at and you know what we need to hear. And you come to us in that moment, God. And I just pray, God, that now as we're in this moment um, of offering that we come to you, God, with our best. Uh, we bring our absolute best and we give you everything we've got because um, that's really what you deserve and that's, that's what Amen. we need to do, God. So I just pray that as you meet us where we are, we meet you where you are and give unto you what is yours. And I just pray that we have no doubt that you're going to use uh, the gifts we give you in such amazing ways, God. And I just say all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. I don't want you to be a stingy Stephen. I don't, I don't want to be a pouty pastor. A lot of pastors pouty. Don't be that way. Uh, before I get into the message tonight, we have some brand new handouts. So grab a bunch of them. Some of you have businesses. Grab a bunch. Take them to your business. Hand them out. Some of you have children. And those children have friends. Give one to your child. Give one to all of their friends. Uh, matter of fact, go around your neighborhood, knock on the door, ask them, say, I'd like to give you this. Because on September the 11th, there's a couple of reasons why we're doing this. Number one, we want our community to know that we care about every family in our community. And so we are providing a wonderful time from, two, from 10 o'clock in the morning to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. There will be all kinds of inflatables out there. <clears throat> we're going to have dunk tapes, water slides, face painting, balloons, free hot dogs, free cold water, uh, whatever you can think of. We're going to be doing it that day. There's going to be cornhole. There's going to be a petting zoo. I just learned that today. We're getting a petting zoo coming in that Saturday for all the kids to pet animals. Isn't that awesome? So it's going to be good. <clears throat> so get one of these handed out. It's all free to the community, and uh, we're going to be having a great time. And then during that time, we're also going to stop, and we're going to honor our nation. We're going to remember 9-11 uh, because we should never forget. We should never forget what happened to our nation on that day, and we're going to stop. We're going to have prayer uh, we're going to have a Pledge of Allegiance to our flag that's out in front of our church. 
I think a church should have a flag, don't you? And we're going to have a Pledge of Allegiance to that flag, have a moment of being patriotic. We need patriotism in our nation. And uh, so get some of these, hand them out to all your friends and neighbors and, and invite them to come Saturday the 11th and from 10 to 2, and it's going to be a great time. If you attend the church and if you have not signed up to do anything yet, you still have time. Uh, do it tonight after church. Do it Sunday uh, because next Wednesday night we're having a meeting immediately following the service for just a short time with all the workers, with all the things we're doing, short coordinating meeting, and then we're going to release everybody out into the community. It's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome day. It's our first annual back-to-school uh, event like this, and I think it's going to be a great, great day. And you're going to help it be a great day because you're going to invite people to come. Stand with me tonight as we get ready for the Word. I talked about Sunday, how that uh, when you come to church, this is like a meal. We have the appetizers, the greeting and all that in the foyer. Uh, we have the wonderful worship, which is kind of the salads and all that getting ready. But then the Word is the meat. Amen? Thank God for that meat. I love a good steak. How about you? Lift your Bibles, lift your iPads, lift your phones, whatever you have the Word of God on, and repeat this after me. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy Word is a light unto my path. Thy Word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Lord, help me every day to read Thy Word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help the preacher. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. I want to say thank you to all the pastors that spoke while we were on vacation. We had a wonderful time. I didn't talk much about it Sunday morning because of constraint of time. Not going to talk about it much tonight because of constraint of time. But I do appreciate all the people who spoke and the word they brought to you. Uh, we did have a great time. We were at the beach, and there was lots of sharks. How many of you like sharks? We had a close encounter of the shark kind, and then a lady comes over after we had an encounter with about a six-foot uh, bull shark. She comes over so excited. Wasn't it awesome? No, because uh, we did not know what his intentions were. If he just came up to bump us to say hi, that was wonderful, but I don't know. So it wasn't exciting, it wasn't wonderful, and uh, so we would just get in a little bit and get back out, but we had a great time of relaxing, and um, we came back ready to go. Tonight I want to talk about this one word, and it's called finish, finish. Anybody here ever started anything and did not finish it? Raise your hand. Okay. Anybody currently that you have started something that you have not yet finished? Raise your hand. Wow, okay. Um, it's easy to start, right? It's exciting to start. Every time we uh, take a vacation, we have these projects we do, and, and this time we had a project, and it was exciting to go to the, the hardware store and get all the supplies, and it was exciting to kind of start doing some stuff, but then it gets unexciting. Then you can get a little uh, sidetracked if you're not careful. You can get a little weary. You can become a little discouraged. I am so glad that the way we start out in life does not have to determine how we finish. 
I did not, you did not get to choose when we started here. I didn't choose my birth date. If I would have, I would have chosen a different date because my birth date is income tax deadline, April the 15th. I would have had a happier day. Uh, I did not choose when I was born. I did not choose to which family I was born into. I did not choose any of those things. But I'm so glad that even though I don't get to choose how I start, I do have a choice in how I finish. And that is awesome. Because so many times in life, people will use how they start in life as an excuse as to where they are right now in their life today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And starting at verse number 17, I want to read this passage. It says this, By faith, Abraham, uh, this whole passage, Hebrews 11, is called the faith chapter. Uh, some people call it the hall of faith. It's all about faith. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, remember that test? Uh, take your son up to the mountain, offer him as a sacrifice. Uh, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. Isn't that faith? And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. And by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. Wow. Do you see the progression of generation to generation to generation? How that one generation's faith uh, began to help the next generation's faith? And how that generation's faith helped the next generation of faith? And it says there in verse 21 that jo Jacob... He finished his life leaning on the top of his staff and worshiping God. Isn't that a way to finish? I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? I had a dear friend of mine in Texas. He was an older pastor. Um, and one Sunday morning, he, he had this big, big throne-like chair. He sat in on the platform. And one Sunday morning, he got up and he took up the offering. He went and sat back down. The choir sang during the offering. And as soon as the offering was over... They noticed he didn't get up and come to the platform. He was sitting there with his head down, which he did quite often, but he didn't get up. And they waited. And finally, a, a board member went over and shook him and said, Pastor, you're okay. Come to find out he had just slipped into eternity to be with the Lord. He, he, he ended his life on the platform, leaning on his staff, worshiping God. What a great way to end. And I think about that, I'll go, wow, man, Jacob finished strong. Great way to finish. But do you know the life of Jacob? I mean, Jacob was a very unique person in the Bible. Before he was born, the Bible says that he and his brother Esau, they were twin brothers, and they were fighting in the mother's womb. And Jacob was such a, a, a strong guy that he, he grabbed the heel of Esau in the mother's womb and, and they were fighting even before birth. 
So when Jacob was born and, and he was given the name Jacob, it means surplanter. It means he was cunning. He was deceptive. He was manipulative. This is how he started out in life. He was so deceptive and cunning and manipulative that one day his father, who could hardly see, he could see very dimly, he went into his father, and his brother Esau was a very hairy, hairy dude, okay? Um, and so Jacob put goat hair all over his body, so he went into his father and presented himself as Esau so that his father would give him his brother's blessing, and he stole, he was a heel grabber, he deceived, manipulated his father, and he stole Esau's blessing. And so Jacob left home. It wasn't a good party, and everybody loves Jacob kind of leaving. He left running because he had taken his brother's blessing. In those days, an elder got the double blessing, a double portion. So he went to his uncle's house, Uncle Laban. And well, that didn't end well with Uncle Laban either. How many know that sometimes whenever you are born into this way, you, it continues. Uh, when it, you, you can try to change your location, but you didn't change yourself. You know, some people think, I'll get a new start, I'll do something different. But the problem is you go wherever you go. And Jacob's life followed him, and it was not a good life at Uncle Laban's, so he left there, and he went to a place called Luz. Luz. So while he was at Luz, he went to sleep. He said, the Bible says he used the stone as a pillow, and so he went to sleep, and while he was asleep, he had this vision. He had a vision about angels ascending and angels descending from earth to heaven. And at the top of that ladder that they were ascending and descending on from earth to heaven, he saw God. So when Jacob woke up the next morning, he anointed that stone with oil and he called this place the house of God. This was where God revealed himself to Jacob and he had a phenomenal encounter with God. So Jacob's life began to take a little bit of a good turn. Jacob gives all of us hope, doesn't he? That it doesn't matter how you're born, it doesn't matter when you're born or where you're born, it doesn't matter what kind of sinful state we get born into with our sinful personalities and characteristics, there's hope when we have an encounter with God, right? So he had an encounter with God and he started making a lot of bad decisions, but now you think because of God's grace and mercy, he's going to turn things around. Now Jacob's brother Esau had gotten 400 men, and now he's hunting Jacob down. Why? Because Jacob took his blessing. So Jacob is like, man, I had a, this encounter with God. I think that that should fix everything in life, right? <laughs> Have you ever seen people go, I gave my life to God, and so now there's no consequences to all my bad decisions. Oh, there's always consequences. Esau is coming with 400 men to get Jacob. Can you imagine a brother coming with that kind of anger and he gets 400 men to get one brother? This is what's happening. And so the night before the encounter with Esau, he has another encounter with God. The Bible says that he wrestled with an angel all night long. 
Can you imagine? I mean, UFC's got nothing on Jacob. He was wrestling with an angel all night long. And the angel kept trying to leave. And Jacob's like, you're not leaving. You're not leaving. You're, I'm not going to stop until you bless me. So all night long, and as it's beginning to dawn, a lot of theologians believe that this was actually pre-incarnate Christ wrestling with Jacob. And so they wrestled all night long. And the, and the way the angel began to leave was he touched his hip. And after that day, Jacob limped the rest of his life. But he got a blessing from the angel. And so now he's beginning to say, life is a lot different. I didn't have a choice of where I started. I didn't have a choice of how I started. But I can have a choice in how I end up. Have a choice. And so God gave him a new name that morning. And he changed his name from Jacob, the deceiver, the supplanter, the manipulator, Changed his name to Israel. Israel. And how many know when you have an encounter with God, it changes everything? The Bible tells us that when we give our hearts to God, He gives us a brand new name. I don't know what my name's going to be in, in heaven, but I think it's going to be cool. I was not given a choice of what my name was on earth. And my name on earth, my parents gave me the name Dwayne. Now, if you watch any type of show on TV... And if you watch any kind of uh, connotations that go with the name Dwayne, it is a wimpy little nerdy little guy that's that kind of guy. I'm like, come on! Why wasn't I given the name like Michael or or David or something strong like Fabio? I don't know. Something. Maybe Fernando. I don't know. But I got Dwayne. And nobody can spell it correctly. And my parents spelled it the long way. Not with the capital W, with the little W and all that. And not W-A-Y-N. It goes on and on and on. I hope God gives me a better name. Like Archangel. I don't know. But it's going to be awesome. Jacob had a new name. His name was Israel. And so Jacob now, who's become Israel, had an encounter with God two different times. He goes out to meet his consequences. How many know that no matter what you have with your relationship with God, you still have consequences of your choices? So he goes out to meet Esau, come in 400 men, and when they see each other, the Bible says they fall upon each other's neck and embrace. God had touched Esau's heart too. And they had forgiveness and a writing of a relationship it's important that in life that when we do create hardships in relationships that we do everything we can to write those relationships I wished I could say that in my life I have righted every relationship but I haven't I haven't I'm sure in your life you can think back and there's some relationships that got broken that you wished would not have been broken. Probably all of us have some moments of regret about some relationship. But Esau and Jacob, who's now called Israel, they get their hearts together, they become right, and life turns around for Israel. He gets married, this guy named Jacob, and he has a wife, he has children, he now has grandchildren, and it's awesome. But the problem is, his children and grandchildren are not serving God. They're not serving God. And how many know that as a parent and a grandparent, your greatest desire is that your kids serve God? Yes. 
So he gets his children and grandchildren together and he goes back to that place where God touched him first. Bethel goes back to that place. And he tells his children and grandchildren, he says, I want you to sanctify yourselves. We've got to get ready to have an encounter with God. So two days they spent sanctifying themselves. And, and then Jacob did something that I think all of us should do. He built an altar. In all of our homes, it doesn't have to be physical, but there needs to be a place. Every morning with our children, we had an altar in our home. And every morning, we read the Word of God. We prayed. We prayed over our children. We prayed over our home. We prayed over our jobs. We prayed over their friends they would choose. All those things. Every morning, I believe an altar is important. And Jacob built an altar and brought his grandchildren and kids and the Bible tells us that he built that altar and he blessed his children and he blessed his grandchildren. He wanted his family to finish. And so I want to tell you some things tonight that will help you finish. So if you have pen and paper, I would encourage you to write them down. <clears throat> In order for us to finish, I want to finish leaning on the staff and worshiping God. You know, as you get older, you start realizing there's more life behind you than there is in front of you. And as you get older, you start thinking about, how will I be remembered? What are people going to say about me when I'm gone? Because sometimes to your face they can be nice to you. What will they really say about when, you, when you're no longer around? And I hope one thing is, is that he really loved God with all of his heart. Amen. So number one, make good decisions daily. Daily. Because every small decision will lead you in a direction in your life. Every small little decision will send you in a direction. Some of you are old enough to remember Korean flight 007. Remember that flight took off? The pilots did not really catch that the calibration on the instruments was off one and one half degree. But when the plane took off, <clears throat> looked good. Everything's going great, smooth air. But that one and a half degree off of calibration of instrumentation brought that plane into enemy airspace and it was shot down. Remember that? Yeah. What a horrible, horrible tragedy. That should have never happened. Who would have ever thought one and a half degrees would make such a difference in the way they finished that flight? In your life and my life, it may not seem significant. It's just one and a half degree decision, Pastor. It's not a big deal. It's not anything that should be fasted about and prayed about. I mean, it's just this little decision. Small daily decisions can lead you off your charted path in the long haul of your life if you're not careful. We've got to make good decisions every day. Number two, be faithful. Be faithful to two things. Be faithful to God and be faithful to commitments. If you make a commitment, be faithful to it. 
If you make a commitment to God, be faithful to God. If you make a commitment in life to a job, be committed to it. Be faithful to it. Show up every day early. Stay late. Work hard. If you make a commitment in a relationship in marriage, stay committed to it because there's some days it's awesome. I want to tell you something. i got to brag on my lovely bride because usually I tell stories that she just hangs her head down. So today I went home for lunch, walked in. This is lunch. She has beautiful placemats on the table. I don't even know what these are, but you ladies will know. She had chargers and then the plate. And she had some barbecued pork that was there, big old slabs of barbecued pork. She had the Gouda cheese, mac and cheese, which I love, the white mac and cheese. She had corn. She had green beans. I mean, all this stuff. I mean, it was awesome. This is just for lunch. And then she says, what would you like for dessert? I have peaches and strawberries that I've cut up together in a bowl and put them together in the refrigerator and they're cold. I also have watermelon that I've cut up and put in the refrigerator and it's cold. Or I have banana pudding ice cream. Well, the answer, you know the answer. It's yes. Yes. But that's because of commitment. 43 years of commitment plus four and a half years of dating, being committed, being faithful in our commitments. When you are faithful to God, you will get benefits that you cannot begin to imagine. When you are faithful in a marriage, you're going to have benefits you cannot imagine. When you are faithful to a job, all of a sudden you get promotions, this and that. It, it, you will get benefits you cannot imagine. But the greatest commitment is to God, and God be then, then begins to help you with making good daily decisions. Number three, give more than you receive. In life, give more than you receive. Give more of your time than you receive of other people's time. Give more of your talents than you receive. Give more of your treasure than you receive. Give. Be a giver. There's only two types of people in the world. Givers and takers. And when we are Christians, God changes our name. He changes our character from take, take, take to give, give, give. That's what He does. That's why you don't have to beg people who are committed to God to give an offering. You don't have to beg them to give tithe because their heart has been freed from bondage. It's been freed from me, 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 me to God, 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 God. God first. God first. It's His. And then He will bless whatever I have left. He'll take care of me. For years people have told Sandy and I, you shouldn't be giving so much money to the church and all these kind of things, to missions and all. They go, what about your retirement? I'm going... First of all, I may never get old enough to retire. Second of all, I retire when God tells me to retire. And if God tells me to retire, God's going to take care of it. Well, that's not, that's just kind of, that's not good stewardship. Well, the last time I checked, good stewardship is investing into the kingdom of God. The last time I checked, I think God will take care of me. And God will take care of my lovely wife. And God will take care of my kids and grandkids. I thank God today that I stand here and my kids are serving God. My grandkids are in the church every time the church doors are open. We've got to be committed. Give more than you receive. Number four, go the second mile. Go the second mile. The Bible tells us if you've got two coats, give one to your brother. You only need one. Most of us have so much stuff, we can't even get our cars in the garages anymore. 
Not only do we have our garages stuff full of stuff, we've got storage buildings that we're paying monthly fees on to put more of our stuff into. And then on top of that, we've got stuff at other people's houses that they're using for us. Paul. Paul had a letter he wrote to Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6-8, through 8, Paul says this, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Wow, Paul finished strong, didn't he? He penned these words just prior to being beheaded on the Appian Way. Paul, like, I'm about to be poured out. And I'm about to meet my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm about to receive the crown for all the times I was beaten, for all the times I was shipwrecked, for all the times I was left for dead, for all the times I was mocked and ridiculed. I'm about to receive that crown. But it's not just for me. It's for everybody. Everybody who doesn't use how they start when they start as an excuse for how they finish. Throughout my ministry, I've had so many people tell me, well, I was born into a dysfunctional family. Every one of us was born into a dysfunctional family. I was born a poor white boy in Mississippi. Yeah, So poor, we didn't even have writing on our T-shirts when I was a kid. That's how poor I was. We all have stories, don't we? We can all sad, sad story it. But when God encountered my life and I encountered God, He changed my name. He gave me a new destiny. He told me, He said, you are now my child. You're a child of God and I take care of my kids. And I've got a new way of living for you. A new way of thinking. A new destiny for you. And you're not going to wind up where you started at. Jacob started out fighting everything in life. Deceiving, manipulating everything, grabbing his brother's heel, fighting in the womb. And then he finishes by leaning on his staff and worshiping God. Wow. What a difference from start to finish. Number five, you can be victorious. I like victories, don't you? I don't care what it is. If I'm playing a game with our family, I want to win. That's why you keep score. Last night we were playing volleyball here at the church. I want my team to win. I do. If I'm, whatever I'm doing, I, if, I, if I'm in church, I want our church to win. I want everybody here to be victorious, to be conquerors, to be more than in the presence of God. Victorious. Hebrews eleven twenty one. 21, By faith Jacob when he was dying, Blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. Wow. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Of a life who finished. Nothing like he started, but how he finished. And so I had a, a good mentor in my life, Brother Morris Ivy. And if he were here tonight, he would tell you that I have bought him more bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits than would fit in the back end of a pickup truck. Because every morning at 5.30, we met at the church. 5.30 every morning, I brought him a biscuit, we had coffee, then we had prayer for an hour and a half. But he told me there's four types of friends that every person needs in life. Every person needs four types of friends. Number one, you need a friend like Solomon. Somebody to speak wisdom into your life. 
Somebody to give you some wisdom on how to make decisions. You need a younger person like Timothy. You need somebody young in your life. Young friends keep you young. You stay around nothing but older people, they're going to make you feel old. You hang, that's why I'm 61 years of age and playing volleyball on a Tuesday night. I want to hang around the young people, man. They make me feel young. What Last night, let me tell you what happened. Is the guy in here? I don't see him. Last night, a guy hit me the ball. I was on the other team. He hit it to me. I hit it back over. We got the point. And he said, oh, no, I hit it to the athletic guy. I was shocked first and foremost, but then I went over and gave him a big, thank you for saying I'm athletic. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I have not been told that in decades. Yeah. Younger people make you feel younger. Number three, you need somebody like James. James was a guy who just tell you the truth. Everybody needs a friend like that, don't you? Well, I'm thinking about doing this or doing that. Whoa, don't do it. Or I think you should do it. And they tell you the truth. Yeah. And you also need a friend like Barnabas. Barnabas was a man who was an encourager. And he stayed with Saul who came Paul through thick and thin, through the bad and the good. He was there, Barnabas. You need somebody who's going to stick with you through the good times, the bad times, who's going to be there to encourage you. No matter how many pounds you gain, no matter how many pounds you lose, they're going to encourage you. No matter if life is going great or life is just bottomed out, they're going to come alongside, be right there beside you and encourage you. You know what? You're a child of God. God's got something planned for you. It's going to be all. God, God knows your tomorrow. He's going to pick you up. I mean, just encourage you. Because these types of friends help you finish. They help you make it through the finish line strong. I hope and pray you've got some good friends in your life. Because friends can help you or friends can destroy you. Friends can give you wisdom or friends can give you false ideologies and just tell you what you want to hear. Friends can make you feel younger or... They can just make you want to sit down and just die. I love being around young people. I love, I love a friend that will tell me the truth, that will encourage me, give me wisdom. I think that we need all of those people in our lives because there are times, times like with Jacob, he's like, I don't know what to do. Had an encounter with God. I've got a brother that's coming to probably kill me. What am I going to do? And God's going, I got this. And they fell on each other's neck. Relationship. Stand with me tonight. I don't know how you handle life. But I thank God for the people God has put into my life. I thank God for my wife who has been an encourager Stuck with me, giving me wisdom. Who's younger? I hope you have friends like that. But what I do not want you to do, I do not want you to leave this place tonight and to think, my life is going to be just like my parents' life. My life is going to be just like their life, why? Because 
I was born into that situation. That's just the way it's going to be. No, 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 no. No. You need an encounter with God. And God can change your name and put you on a whole new path in life. You see, if God would not have encountered Jacob and Jacob would not have encountered God, he would have been a deceiver, manipulator. He would have been a supplanter the rest of his life. But God gave him a new name named Israel. And you know the story. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and gone. Wow. What a heritage he left his children and grandchildren. And had he not let God change his destination in life, he may never have had children or grandchildren. And now, as he grows old, he's doing the same thing, but he's doing it the right way. He's blessing his sons and blessing his grandsons. Something that he stole from his brother, God is now allowing him to do to his sons and grandsons. So before we leave here tonight, I want, I want you to get that into your heart tonight. Don't use excuses or where you are in life. Don't blame it on your parents and your grandparents or you've got bad friends. No, no, no. You are responsible for you. And you can make choices and you can make decisions. They may be small today, but they're going to affect you greatly in the future. So before we leave tonight, I want us just to sing this chorus and then we're going to let you go. But I want God to have a moment with you before you get back out and talking to everybody and everything's crazy to just have a moment and say, God, what do you have in my future? What kind of plans do you, am I on the right track or am I off one and a half degrees? God, I hope and pray tonight that you can correct our path if we are. I hope and pray tonight. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.